Bill Michaels Show. How we looking? Appreciate you listening today. Bill's off. He'll be back Monday. Just an extra long weekend. He's got his holiday party. His Christmas party tomorrow. This might be Bill's Super Bowl. I'm going to go there tomorrow night, so I will uh, I'll have an accurate accounting. Some gut reactions to Bill's Super Bowl, uh, his Christmas party. We'll do that on Monday. Look forward to that. Not to mention, of course, we'll preview Packers-Giants. I'd love to take your calls this final hour of the show, 608-321-1670. would love to have you. we got plenty of time. No guests for the final hour. Mike Clemens is going to do the evening show tonight so he can watch practice and see what's going on, get the latest on certain injuries, this, that, and the other thing. We were just talking with Dan Duggan about the Giants' pass rush, their defensive line. It's a good group. We saw that last year, right? And Kayvon Thibodeau, their edge rusher, who was a top five pick? Where did they take him? Can I Google it on air right now? Are you going to hold this against me? I'm going to Google it real quick. Kayvon Thibodeau. There's no way I'm spelling that right. Uh, Kayvon Thibodeau. There we go. Because I I think there were moments during that year where they thought that he could have been the number one overall pick. Uh, and he fell somewhere around the top five. Why does Wikipedia make this stuff so hard? Yeah, he was picked number five. He could have been in which draft was this? Now I got to look up the draft and see who went in front of him. The NFL draft 2022. Let's see here. Who went in front of him? So Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchinson, Derek Stingley, Sauce Gardner, Kayvon Thibodeau. Okay. I wonder... Jacksonville could do it all over again. Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau instead of Trayvon Walker. I guess I don't really know what Trayvon Walker has been up to, but that was a ceiling pick. Uh, not yielded results, I guess, early on the way that Hutchinson or, or Sauce Gardner has. Interesting. So Kayvon Thibodeau was the fifth overall pick a couple of years ago. Sorry to take you down that, that little side quest. Uh, that probably wasn't necessary, but I was curious. Okay, so fifth overall pick. Could have been the number one overall pick that year. He would tell you that he should have been. Uh, let's see how this plays out, but there's a chance that he turns out to be correct. It was very close to correct. Matt LaFleur asked about him and the job that he's doing. He's got 11 sacks, 12 tackles for a loss, 13 quarterback hits, two forced fumbles. I mean, one fumble return for a touchdown. He's been everywhere. This is what Matt LaFleur had to say about him, a player that they're going to have to account for on Monday night. Thibodeau is a, a, obviously a great player, a guy that we absolutely have to make sure we take care of and know where, I mean, you said it, I mean, he's on the left side, but just make sure that we do whatever we can so he doesn't wreck the game because he's had 11 sacks, he's had multiple forced fumbles, and he can be a real game wrecker. You know, I think this has been a learning season for Matt LaFleur, too. Matt LaFleur is a veteran coach at this point. This is his fifth season. So he, he's not doing any of this for the first time, but this is the first time that he's coaching a team like this. Right? He's been a coach of a veteran-laden team, an Aaron Rodgers-centric team, a Super Bowl or bust team, player-led teams, right? And now Aaron Rodgers is gone. Jordan Love steps in, but also Alan Lazard is gone. David Bakhtiari is still not playing, right? Aaron Jones has missed a lot of time this year, and this has not been a season defined by Super Bowl expectations. So Matt LaFleur has had to completely reinvent himself, I believe, as a coach. Change a lot of things that he does or doesn't do. Change how he kind of lines up preparation throughout the week, this, that, and the other. Like, he's a completely different coach of a completely different team this year, right? And we can look back at the Vegas game or the Denver game or, or games earlier this year and say, okay, so they were approaching this that way. Matt LaFleur approached the Denver game this way. He approached 
the Vegas game this way, the Atlanta game this way. Fast forward a couple of months to see how they're approaching games now, I think shows us and highlights to us that Matt LaFleur realized, okay, well, I have to do this differently this year. My my MO and the way that I've handled things the last couple of years, I can't do it anymore. For example, right, they're not scoring in the first half. They're not scoring in the first quarter, second quarter. They're coming out flat. And they're figuring it out eventually in the third and the fourth quarter, but the first half was a nightmare for about, a what, a month and a half, a month for the Packers there. It was really bad. The Rams, the Vikings, the Raiders, the Broncos, the uh, the Saints as well, right? Really bad first halves. And we heard comments after, I think, the Denver game where Matt LaFleur said something, and I, I got hyper-focused on this on my show, and, and Bill and I talked about it as well, but he got hyper-focused. He was saying things like, you know, we work all week on preparation and install and game planning, and then we get into these games and we can't get to any of it because we're in a hole right away. Because we can't score. Because we're living in third and long. Because we're, you know. And I got really frustrated hearing that. I said, Matt, the game plan has to change then. Right? If you are game planning and then getting to the game and you can't even get to your game plan, then the game plan was a bad one. You know what I mean? It's like if I was producing for Bill and we get to the end of the show and Bill's like, eh, we not a lot of guests. What's going on, Gray? No guests, no topics, no nothing. What are you doing? I said, well, Bill, I uh, I booked a lot of guests, but but they were uh, from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Bill would say, but we're not on the air from 2 to 3 p.m. I go, I know. Well, that work was pointless. That was useless. Why did you do all that? Why, right? If your team can't stay out of third and long and they can't score in the first half, then the game plan has to be a game plan that helps your team score in the first half and a game plan that helps your team stay out of third and long. And I think Matt LaFleur realized, slowly but surely, if I don't game plan specifically, and if I don't prepare specifically throughout the week to get off to a fast start, then we're never going to succeed in the first half, at least not right now. I need to be intentional. I need to be intentional about making sure that my team gets off to a fast start. Right? And you've probably experienced something like this in your life, like you struggle going to the gym, right? What you can, if you if you struggle going to the gym, you need to make a solid routine. You need to make a plan at the beginning of the week. I'm going to the gym on Tuesday and Thursday. I'm going to pack my bag. I'm going to bring it in the car. It's concrete, right? If you struggle going to the gym, you can't live your life Monday through Friday like, oh, I'll make it. Oh, I'll get there when I get there. Right? Oh, I'll feel it out. Well, you're never going to go. It's never going to work out. You need to be intentional about planning, making a schedule. Forcing yourself to go. By the way, this is why I don't go to the gym as often as I should. Right? You need to be intentional. This Packers team is an immature team. It's a young team. It's an unprepared team. They're learning on the fly. They're figuring out how to prepare. They're figuring out how to compete, how to keep themselves healthy, how to communicate on the field. If Matt LaFleur didn't intentionally prepare to start fast as they've done the last couple of weeks, then you're getting shut out in the first half, right? So Matt LaFleur figured that out. I'm hoping that Matt LaFleur has figured out the elite edge rusher situation because against the Raiders, the Raiders essentially have one good player on defense, one great player on defense. And that was Max Crosby. And the Packers completely and totally 100% allowed Max Crosby to destroy that game. And if the Packers do that against the Giants and they let Kayvon Thibodeau completely and totally destroy this game, it's like, well, you knew, you knew. Right? You need to be intentional about snuffing him out. 
and about really, 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 really doing your best to know where he is, as Matt LaFleur said. Be intentional about having a game plan for him and focusing on him and never losing him. And Wink Martindale loves to blitz on top of it. Here's Matt LaFleur being asked about Wink Martindale, a a coordinator that really got after Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in London last year. I think their defense, yeah, they present a lot of problems. You never feel easy going against a team that he's coaching and because he knows he can deploy a number of different blitzes and a number of different looks. And I'm certain that coming off a bye week as well, I'm sure there's going to be something that they haven't put on tape. That's typically the case. And our guys are going to really have to trust their rules and, you know, in terms of preparing for that. Coming off of a bye week and, you know, Martindale's got nothing to lose. This team stinks. This offense can't score. You know, so what What does he have to lose? Well, I better not blitz too many guys or else I might get burned. Well, you're probably going to lose the game anyway. You know, you're a heavy underdog at home with a quarterback named Tommy DeVito. Right, so Wink coming off a bye with nothing to lose and it's public that him and his head coach really don't get along that well, but the defense is better? Wink Martindale's side of the ball's been better? This man's going to have nothing to lose. He's going to send it. Now, on the other side of the ball, the Packers pass rush. Joe Barry doesn't often like to send a ton of men, right? Again, we're going to sit back. We're going to be in a too high shell or, or zone a lot of the time. We're going to keep the ball in front of us, right? And and that's the style of defense that Joe Barry plays. That's the style of defense that Matt LaFleur wanted. It's the style of defense he signed up for, right? So it's not a total surprise. It's not a total shock. It's just a different look. It's a different scheme. It's Vic Fangio, It's Brandon Staley. It's those types of defenses. The Packers have been getting home while really only sending four guys. This is Matt LaFleur talking about the success that the Packers defense has had. Not bringing extra pressure, just letting their guys win one-on-ones. I think we're much better at running line stunts than we have been maybe in the past. And those guys playing off one another, being unselfish, setting the pick for another guy. That is a real value, I think, when you can rush four, uh, drop you know seven into coverage, and still get to the quarterback. I think those are some of the best defenses in the league when you're able to get pressure with a four-man rush. Well, that's going to be extra true on Monday night, or at least it, it should be. Um, for point of reference, this this Giants offensive line, and, and we didn't talk about the O-line with Dan Duggan. At least we didn't specifically. Um, but this offensive line is is terrible, and they're terrible in pass blocking. You know, you talk about run blocking, pass blocking. Different units have different strengths. Forget about run blocking. I don't really care. This is one of the worst. It probably is the worst pass rushing offensive line or pass blocking offensive line in the NFL. In pass blocking efficiency, These are the rankings for each of the different players along the Giants' offensive line. So Andrew Thomas is their left tackle. He's got a pass pro grade of 97 or 95.7. Now, he hasn't played 250 snaps, so he's not eligible to be ranked against other players at his position. But the other four offensive linemen are. Justin Pugh's got a grade of 95, their left guard. He's ranked 56th out of 58 eligible guards. Center John Michael Schmitz, Minnesota guy. Grade of 96, he is ranked in pass protection, right, in pass blocking efficiency, 32 of 34 of eligible centers. The right guard, Ben Brenderson, which, again, I'm not convinced that's a real name. That sounds made up. He's got a grade of 96. That's ranked 51st of 58 eligible guards. So, by the way, just for you keeping track at home, Justin Pugh and Ben Brenderson, Ben Brender, Ben Brenderson, BB, Ben Brenderson, the left guard and the right guard, rank 56th and 51st out of eligible guards in the NFL, respectively. They have two of the worst guards in football, at least when it comes to pass-blocking efficiency. 
Now, I, I don't think this is some juggernaut of a run-blocking offensive line. I would imagine they're better at run-blocking, at pass-blocking. They're a nightmare. Evan Neal, who's banged up and probably isn't even going to play in this game, he's ranked 59th out of 66th. So even if they play a backup, well, the backup is backing up Evan Neal for a reason, and Evan Neal's been terrible. So this is an offensive line that the Packers should be able to get after, and they should be able to make Tommy DeVito feel it. With only four guys. He sent a fifth guy here and there for fun, for vibes. You know, to keep a keep a little bit of, of mystery and mystique about different fronts and stunts and twists and this, that, and the other thing. But this is an O-line that the Packers should be able to have. And I would love to see more Lucas Van Ness this week. Made a nice play against Patrick Mahomes last week. I want to see him play more as this season goes along. I know what I have in Preston Smith, and he's a really nice edge rusher. He's always available. You kind of know what you're getting with Preston Smith. Yeah, he has good games and 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 he has better and worse games. Don't get me wrong, but he doesn't have super high peaks and valleys, right? I kind of know what I'm getting with Preston Smith. Let's see some more Enigbare. Let's see some more Lucas Van Ness. Let him get out there and run around. And if these offensive linemen are the turnstiles that PFF's numbers say that they are, let Lucas Van Ness go get some. Let him go get after it. I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be fun. And hopefully that makes life easier on your secondary that's a little bit embattled. I don't know that the Giants have amazing wide receivers that they're throwing to either. The Giants are just down bad. They stink. Okay, this should be a game that the Packers are able to handle and able to execute, even on the road, even against Wig Martindale. He's a really good defensive coordinator. Let's take a three-minute break. When we come back, Christian Watson spoke with the media. I'm really interested to hear this. I'm going to listen to it. We might pause it throughout, react to some of the things that he's saying, but we're going to hear from Christian Watson. Packers wide receiver coming up next on the Bill Michaels Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Ho, 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 I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Ho, ho. Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Pella, no. Pay later. (laughs) Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends 12-31-2020. sometimes I get a good feeling. Yeah. Bill Michaels Show. Appreciate you listening, hanging out. I got Cowherd on next to me on my laptop. Tyler Dunn's on there. Look at this guy making the rounds today. It's funny because I called Tyler. We had him on at 11.30 to go find it in the podcast to miss that conversation. Tyler is ruffling some feathers, making some waves this week because he put out a Sean McDermott story that, well, I don't want to say that it makes him look bad because it's just what people said. It's just reporting. Um... And, and people are 
ticked about it. A lot of Bills people are ticked about it. Everyone's paying attention to it. And I called Tyler earlier. I'm like, are you doing Cowherd today or anything? I figured yes, because a lot of the times he goes on Cowherd on days like this, redrops big stories. He's like, yeah, a little bit later. I'm like, thank you for not canceling. I wouldn't have blamed you. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but thank you for not. It was really fun and interesting to get to talk to Tyler about the Bills and, and about Jordan Love. He's a big Jordan Love guy. So that was earlier on in the show. Hour number two. If you missed that, you can find it in the podcast. I will post it just after 2 o'clock when the show is done. I want to hear a little bit from Christian Watson. And uh, Mike was nice enough to send us just a couple of cuts. I, I just, I want the the news from the horse's mouth on his hamstring injury. You know, he's been banged up a lot in the last two years. I I feel like people have been very hard on him. And he's been frustrating at times. But his career is also just getting off the ground, and now he's learning how to play with a new quarterback and a new offense, basically, because now Lazard is gone. A lot of it, like, it's just all new. And I would like to take a little bit of a breath on Christian Watson. He has an awesome two games, Thanksgiving against the Chiefs, and then he gets hurt at the end, and everyone gets mad at him and, you know, wants to, I, I don't know. I, I just, I think I am more in a position to defend Christian Watson than most. Let's put it that game. So let's get the latest directly from him. He was asked if this hamstring injury is as severe as the last one or two. I mean, I don't think it's as severe. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm asking, that's really all I know. I don't think it's as severe as the last one. I'll take it. That's positive. Okay. Brief, concise, to the point. He was asked if Monday night is a possibility. Now, I'm assuming no, but when Matt LaFleur says sooner rather than later, I'm thinking, okay, maybe two weeks, three weeks, right? Before too long, that would be nice. He's asked specifically about Monday night. I mean, I'm sure. Uh, I didn't really ask too many questions. Uh, I mean, at this point, I'm trying to get back as quickly as I can. Uh, and I'm, you know, I'm going to let him know exactly what I can do, uh, you know, every day to try to push it as much as I can, as fast as I can. He was asked, what happened on the play? I mean, I just went to uh, turn up. I, I saw that I got the edge, so I went to turn up the field. And I just, you know, felt that hammy grab. <sighs> felt a grab or a bite. Remember when Aaron Jones said earlier this year, like, no, I didn't pull it. I didn't sprain it. I know what that feels like. It was just a bite. It was just a grab. It's interesting how these athletes, they're so in tune with their bodies because they have to be right. And they know, they know a bite versus a nip versus a little pull versus a little sprain. Like these guys are so in tuned and that language makes sense to them. Right. Christian Watson asked, how are you trying to stay on the field? Like, what are you doing to prevent getting injured obviously I know uh, being a professional athlete that you know I gotta be out there playing um, so uh, you know I've definitely looked at ways to try to prevent it basically he's saying the best ability is availability which is uh, one of the ten commandments of sports really lastly and I read you this quote earlier from Ryan Wood but now we have the audio this is Christian Watson talking about his process and how he's leaving basically no stone unturned as he attempts to figure out this injury and how to prevent other ones like it. Uh, I've spent tens of thousands of dollars trying to figure out ways and, and you know, talk to different doctors and, and do different things to uh, try to figure it out. I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a full body thing. So, I mean, I really got to hammer in this off season at, you know, making sure, you know, everything with my body is correct, you know, from the back to the hips, to the knees, to make sure that everything is working properly. So there's no stress anywhere else. Everything is connected. I think Christian Watson can be so damn good. I, I just want to see him have a long extended stretch, not getting hurt. And I want to see him continue to build on what him and Jordan Love really found the last two weeks. You know, going into Thanksgiving, Jaden Reed was banged up a little bit. Dontavian Wicks is banged up a little bit. No Aaron Jones. And, you know, Christian Watson just kind of stepped up naturally to fill that void. And then built on that by actually being a guy that, that got opportunities to jump balls and, 
had obviously an opportunity in the end zone to go up and get one on the back line to score a touchdown. I said a couple of weeks ago when Christian Watson was really struggling and he just wasn't doing much. And I said, look, okay, stop forcing the ball to him. Stop hammering him with target after target after target after target. If he's going to figure out, he'll figure it out, okay? With that speed, with that size, just let him fill in the cracks of the offense. You can run scripted looks to Dobbs and to Wicks and to Reed. Let Christian Watson go out there, physically do his thing, use his traits that he was drafted for, his size, his speed, and the ball will find him. If he's really the guy that the Packers hope he can be and and the guy they invested in by trading basically two second-round picks or spending two second-round picks on him, he'll figure it out. The ball will find him. Uh, And I... You know, I, I hate telling fans to be patient all the time. This is this has been a season of patience, and it's the same with the Bucks too. Like, let's calm down a little bit. Let's let this percolate. Let's see how it looks in a month or, or two months. And a lot of times in the early season when the Packers were struggling and when the offense looked bad, I'm like, let's give it until Thanksgiving. Let's just wait. Let's just wait until we're a little bit down the road. This team is so young, and, and, I, and I mean that age-wise, Right, like all of the players on the offense are very young. This is a historically young offense. This is going to be the youngest offense in NFL history when the season is done with. But I, I mean, the team itself is young. Like this group of individuals, this collection of individuals, just came together. They're just starting to build connections and build chemistry and figure out how to play together. The team, forget the players, the individuals. The team is young, so give it time. Be patient. And I think when a lot of people got really frustrated with Christian Watson, it was probably either the Vikings game. Or the Raiders game. I said, look, it's probably like 20 career games. And the first 10 or so were played with Aaron Rodgers. right? So now he's learning a lot of this over again and building chemistry with a brand new quarterback. His season and his career is just getting started. And we're so quick to give up on wide receivers. Like, everyone's given up on Quentin Johnston in Los Angeles with the Chargers. We're already doing the redrafts. It's like, well, look at all these receivers that went after him. And and part of that is true to a degree. I, I just hate giving up on guys. We saw how much Devontae Adams struggled in year two. And I know Devontae Adams is a little bit of an outlier, but like it doesn't always happen right away. It's so, so hard to play wide receiver in the NFL. And Christian Watson is rawer than most prospects that they've took in the past. Right, The Packers like guys who produce a ton in college. And this is something that I really realized when learning about this last Packers draft, especially the pick of Jaden Reed, it's such a quintessential Packers pick because he had thousands of yards as a junior, thousands of yards as a senior. Greg Jennings led the nation in receiving, right? It, it, not at a directional school, but it's not like he went to Michigan or Michigan State, right? He was at a third or a fourth place school, essentially, in his own state in, in Michigan. But Devontae Adams at Fresno State produced lots of reps, lots of catches, lots of yards. Right, So that was the Jaden Reed MO. That wasn't necessarily the case with Christian Watson. He's a lot more raw. So I I just, I would like Packers fans to take a deep breath and just let him develop. Let him learn. Let him figure out his body. Just give him time. We got over a month left in his second season. His career is so young. So, 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 so young. All right, let's take a break. We're going to take a five-minute break, come back. We're going to continue to talk Packers. I'd love to take some calls, too. 608-321-1670. I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Let's talk more Packers next on The Bill Michaels Show. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
Bill Michaels Show. Appreciate you being here. Thanks for hanging out. Matt LaFleur speaking with the media right now. Maybe at the very end of the show. Grab a little bit of that. Especially because they always talk about the injuries at the very beginning of a press conference. Like, ah, Elton didn't practice today. Tell us about that. Christian Watson. So maybe as we wrap up the show in just a little bit, I can catch like two or three minutes at the beginning of that press conference, get the latest on certain Packers injuries and the way they're progressing. Or I guess not progressing. Who knows? I'd love to talk with you. Just chopping it up about Matt LaFleur, the progression, the direction of this team the last couple of weeks. 608-321-1670. Appreciate everybody that called. We heard from Uncle Packer earlier, Clumhead Mike. I want to bring back this piece of audio from Aaron Rodgers here. And Mike Clemens sent it to me. And I think it's it's a great point about Jordan Love that Aaron Rodgers made on the McAfee show the other day. I also think that it's a great point about Matt LaFleur. It's a great point about these young wide receivers. And I, I hope I can find this. Matt saved it. Let me see here. Aaron Rodgers on McAfee Wednesday. Yeah, this would be it right here. So this is Aaron Rodgers on whether or not Jordan Love has proven anything, whether or not he showed that he can be the guy, if he can be a guy. Like, you know, they just generally asked Aaron Rodgers about Jordan Love. And this is what he said on the McAfee show the other day. I want to base the rest of our conversation about these comments. Have you been surprised with what he's done over the last couple weeks here? Kind of like confirming that, hey, maybe the Packers do finally have this next guy after Aaron and he is going to be the guy for the future? No. No, I'm not. And he's he's playing the last, especially the last three games, he's playing outstanding, but he's he's in his first year starting. Like... Um, as well as he's playing, can we not crown him right now? Yeah. For his own sake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because we shouldn't do that to kids. We shouldn't crown him, and we shouldn't cancel him. But can we let him play his career? Like, and I, it's both sides, too. They, you know, people, a great example is Geno Smith. People just kicked him out of this town. They right? wrote him off. And then he went and was a backup right for back. six years. And then he went to a Pro Bowl. And sometimes it's situation. Sometimes it's change of scenery. Sometimes it's figured something out. I do believe you can get better at accuracy because you throw the football, the football from the ground up. So you learn how to have great fundamentals. Everything else, when you sync those together, everything else is going to be better. Am I surprised by the way Jordan's played? No. Am I happy for him? Hell yeah. You know, and there's some people that probably like this, but there's some people probably thinking that I was rooting against the Packers this year, rooting against Jordan. Couldn't be farther from the truth. I'm not a bitter person about that. Like, obviously, I wish things had gotten different when I was in Green Bay. And there's things that I wish I had done better. But I have so much love for the organization. I have so many people I still talk to, you know, every single week that, that work there. If I catch Jordan's game, I just send him a message. Let's give him some time to develop. You crown somebody too early, the expectations away to that is tough to deal with. So we're going to the phones here in just a minute. But I, I think there's really good perspective about Jordan Love. I think it's good perspective about Matt LaFleur, Joe Barry, everyone on this Packers team. Now, fan is short for fanatic. I say that as often as possible because I think it's funny. But Packers fans. I want us to take our vibes and just mellow them out a bit. Just a little bit. It's not that you can't be excited about Jordan Love. Go off, right? I would like to smooth out the fan base just a little bit. So one day, we are not saying that Jordan Love is not the guy. Matt LaFleur is not the guy. Brian Gutekinds is not the guy. Mark Murphy's not the guy. Clean house. This is terrible. Only to then turn around two months later and say Jordan Love should get MVP 
consideration and Matt LaFleur should get coach of the year consideration. Like, can we just mellow out a bit and be like, wow, Jordan Love and, and these young wide receivers, they're really starting to put it together. And look at the job Matt LaFleur is doing. Like, why is that so hard? Why can't we just do that? Why does it have to be? Well, I'm not so sure he's not the MVP. And you know what, Matt LaFleur, if he wins the next couple games? Coach of the year. Like, well, why? Can we just, why do we have to be so extreme all the time? 608-321-1670. Bill Michael Show. Welcome. Who's this? Grant, this is Vagabond John calling in from the beautiful west side of Madison. How are we doing? Vagabond John, I am also on the west side of Madison. I'm having a great day. I'm glad to hear the, the same is true of you. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, first of all, extremism drives conversation, and you're in the business of conversation. So you don't want to go too far in getting people to just be lukewarm on everything. Otherwise, I don't know. We might start listening I, to Pete Floyd and bands that have no taste. I suppose. Um, and again, fan is short for fanatic. I just, I, I, I don't know. This was a year where all of us just should have been able to vibe it. Let's just sit back and see how it goes. But, you know, of course, week to week, we're going to treat these games like their life and death. And I guess that's how the NFL works. So maybe I'm naive to think that we should just chill out and take it easy. Yeah, it's sports talk, right? I mean, look, people on these airwaves know I like to take a hot take, defend it for years, and just <laughs> die on hills that maybe are not worth dying on. Yeah. But what else are we here to do? You know, that's half the fun of it. Um, I, I, I do like the point overall, though. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, this has kind of been an extension of my Joe Barry take for the last couple of years, for those who don't know, defender of the Joe Barry hype train here. Um, but nobody needs to get fired when the opponent scores a touchdown, right? Like, yeah. you can apply this to all sports. Like, the Bucks have a give up a layup. Like, you don't need to fire the coach. Like, the other teams are NFL teams as well. And as we found out last night, even Bailey Zappi can throw the ball down the field and score touchdowns, right? So everybody in this league, an NFL player, doing their best to get their next paycheck, don't need to just fire everybody right away. Now, I'll come back on that and argue against it for a minute. What we saw from Matt LaFleur in that early part of the season was historically bad offensive game plans. Like, we can't so? sweep that on the rug and pretend it never happened. Historically bad. I mean, when you go almost an entire quarter against a mediocre – or an entire half against a mediocre Lions team, I don't care who's on – you know, who you're throwing the ball to. Mediocre. Without a first down. Mediocre. You think the Lions are mediocre? Their defense. I think their defense okay. is mediocre at best. Okay. Yeah. Um, and we went an entire half without a first down. Like, that's historically bad. I can't remember the specific numbers on it, but there were a couple games there where it's like, we literally can't get a first down. So we can't pretend that never happened, right? But seeing the growth and seeing the improvement, that's how you take a coach that was, you know, the fan base was all up in arms about, and then all of a sudden he's a coach of the year candidate because we see that growth throughout the season. So last year on the defensive side, this year we're seeing it on both sides. And that's why I think, uh, yeah, we've got reason to be excited for the future, and nobody needs to get fired. I just think that Matt LaFleur early on, I think two things are at play. One is Matt LaFleur's fault, and and one is kind of out of his control. I I think he didn't grasp right away early early enough that he needed to game plan differently this year compared to last year. I, I, I I, I think he assumed that this team could perform baseline simple things and that was not true so it took him a little bit longer to realize well if I want my team to do something I can't just assume they're going to do it I actually have to emphasize it whereas in the past it's like there were certain things that 
Matt LaFleur could probably assume of his team. That was an area that he needed to make improvement, and I think he has. And that cost them early on. Something that was out of his control, Vagabond John, I don't think he could fully trust that the wide receivers were going to be in the right spot, that his offensive line weren't going to blow something, right? And and it's really hard to get complex and specific and creative with your offensive game planning and play calling when you can't assume baseline competency. And that took a little while. And now that he knows his guys are going to be in the right spot, he can mix in motion. He can do this, that, and the other thing. He didn't have that privilege, so it was vanilla early on. And I don't really blame him for that. Yes, but seeing his vanilla putting all-time bad numbers up was concerning for the long term, right? But seeing the growth from that is what gives us hope. So it's a dual-edged sword. It's, uh, you know, the two sides of the peace symbol or whatever, the yin and the yang, right? So this is what makes sports talk information. This is what makes a sports season exciting. We started in August thinking about let's be excited about a season where we're not going to be so up in arms about every single game, and we're just going to get to enjoy the NFL like the rest of the league has done for the last 20 years. Well, we've been, you know, picking at our fingernails, just nervous on whether or not we're going to dominate every single team. We get to take a deep breath and look at the offense is better than it was last year. So um, we've got that going. Hey, uh, and with that, Grant. Well, one thing before I let you go, the Badgers recruiting news today is good. It's very good. Vagabond John. Be honest, it's been a heck of a Friday at my at my day job. But did that four-star guy, did he commit? Did we get the crystal ball? We got the crystal ball. I don't think we have a commit yet. Are you talking about uh, Ernest Willor Jr., that guy? Yeah, I was going to say, he's got, a, he's got a very 18th century author's name. Yeah. Um, but I'm excited, sure. Um, here's the thing. For Badger recruiting news, I am putting a hiatus on getting overly excited about anybody because as we've seen no. with the transfer portal and as we've seen with the environment that we're in, Number one, could be an next Graham Mertz. We don't want to fall for that trap again. Lame. Number two, number two, these guys are committing and decommitting all the time. So I will be very excited to support Ernest when I see him on a football field in Camp Randall. <laughs> Until then, I'm going to be a little reserved. Let your expectations go sky high. Fan is sure for fanatic. Let's be, let's be a little bit of a fanatic, Vagabond John. Come on. All right, Grant, we will talk to you soon. <laughs> Have a good one. He's got to go. This last hour, I'm here talking to myself. Getting bored. Appreciate the call. Thank you, Vagabond John. The Badgers recruiting news. If you haven't read Jesse Temple's story about Leon Lowry and his commitment and, and everything that came to pass the last five or six days, it's just bananas. So go read that story. Zach and Jesse talked about it on Temple and Heilprin last night on The Zone, our flagship. Um, the, some wild recruiting news this week. And no, I get Yeah, it could be the next Graham Mertz, but like, what if he's like, what if he's also awesome? I don't know. Come on, let yourself dream a little bit, Vagabond John. When we don't dream anymore, then we are dead. We, we can't just assume every recruit's going to suck. Let's take our final three-minute break. We'll come back. We'll do some, ooh, what did we miss, as Bill says. And I want to catch just a little bit of Matt LaFleur's presser and some of his uh, his little tidbits about some of these injuries. So our final break, come back, wrap up the Bill Michael Show for the week next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
ho, 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 I need a window. Maybe it's cold outside. So where do I go? Ho, ho. Come on, Santa. Go to Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Now is the time to replace your leaky windows and doors. You and Mrs. Claus can get your new windows while putting no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. Unwrap this gift now, but pay for it later. More jingle that stays in my pocket. That's right, Santa. Plus, our elves install year-round and in as little as one day. Pella offers lines in luxurious wood to fiberglass and vinyl. Why not make a New Year's resolution today? That's the spirit, Santa. Hello, no. Pay later. <laughs> Absolutely. Put no money down, no payments, and no interest for up to 18 months. But you have to hurry. Offer ends December 31st. Schedule your free consultation today at PellaWI.com. Certain restrictions apply. See show for details. Offer ends 12-31-2023. Welcome back, Bill Michaels Show. Appreciate you listening today. Hanging with me as Bill takes a day off. If you're sad that the show is coming to an end, well, don't be sad that it's over. Smile because it happened. Uh, also, two more hours tonight if you want to jump in the Wisco Sports Show. Come into my realm for a couple hours this evening. Four to six, we're going to have Frank Madden, who started Brew Hoop, Locked on Bucks podcast. We're going to react to, I guess, what happened last night and that Chris Haynes story, what's going on with the Bucks. Excited to have him. And then Mike Clemens will join us in the last hour of the show. He normally does the one o'clock hour on Friday here on Bill's show, but everything's pushed back a little bit this week. So doing a hit in the evening instead of at one o'clock allows him to go to practice, to go to the pressers, to go to the locker room, to not miss anything. Now, Matt LaFleur spoke to the media just a little while ago. Uh, We're going to listen to this together. I might pause it. We can react to some of the things that he says. Mostly, I just want the very most up-to-date information on some of these injuries and guys' availability before we wrap up the show. Um, So let's listen to this together. This is Matt LaFleur. Uh, This wrapped up just about 25 minutes ago. Watson did not participate. Limited were no Jair, Devondre, A.J. Dillon, okay. R.G., Aaron Jones, Jonathan Owens, Jaden Reed, Darnell Savage, and Devontae Wyatt. A lot of guys limited. Okay. With, uh, with Aaron going the last two days, is he at least trending in a positive direction? I'm not committing to Monday, but is he at least yeah, trending? Yeah, he's, he's getting better, so that's, that's positive. Does the, the playing surface there have to weigh into consideration with a guy coming back from a knee injury? Not to my knowledge. Is that a boy? That's, I mean, that's not something I've ever thought of. But Hell yeah. Maybe to our medical staff. It's not been part of our conversation, so. What happened to Elton? Just be cautious with him. So a couple minutes, we talked about this probably 20 minutes ago. Elton Jenkins showed up on the injury report. He didn't practice. It was with a shoulder. And I'm like, well, wait a minute here. I like the Packers offensive line a lot because I don't really think there's a weak link, but they are going to need their best offensive lineman this week to play like their best offensive lineman because they're dealing with Kayvon Thibodeau. And I'm not 100% sure about Dexter Lawrence. In fact, I'm going to look that up right now. See what the latest is. Dexter Lawrence. I would really, really like if he just didn't play in this game. Um, The latest from him. Let's see. I don't have any of the latest. All right, I haven't seen anything today, so I guess we don't have it. Other than a lot of good stats talking about how he's good. Oh, our guy Dan Duggan tweeted Dexter Lawrence back on the practice field today. He'll be limited, but trending towards returning. Shoot! Okay, so yeah, you're going to need Elton Jenkins, but it sounds like Elton Jenkins missing practice is just precautionary with the shoulder. Okay. 
have you seen um, turnovers-wise from, from the Giants? They had, I think they had nine the last two weeks. Is it good yeah, fortune? I think, I think it's plus nine the last three weeks, I want to say, or something like that. Um, yeah, they've done a great job of not only uh, – they do a really good job of punching at the football, getting the ball out. Uh, you can tell that is something that is emphasized there. Uh, you see it from multiple players on their defense. They get to the quarterback pretty well, and when they do, they, they do a good job of getting the ball out, but they've made a lot of plays in the, set, in the, in the back end as well. Their uh, pass defense, opponent passer rating, has, has been pretty good this season. What, what do they do to, to kind of get after the opposing passer? Well, again, I, I think it's a pretty good scheme. Um, when you couple that with good players and you get a good rush, it tends to make it problematic for an offense. So I think they do a, re a really nice job of that, mixing coverage and, um, you know, just giving you different pressure looks. Um, so it is it's definitely a challenge. Did the extra day this week give you guys a chance to do any little self-scouting or did you just take the day off, you know, for, for the week? Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, we, we, we were just chilling. You know? <laughs> I wish you could see uh, the look on Matt LaFleur's face. Did you guys take the day off? Matt's like, what do you think we did, Tom? Um, I, You know, a different part of this team that's been fun to follow, and Mike has done a pretty good job looping us in on this and, and making us aware of this, but, you know, between Jaden Reed and Dobbs and Watson and, and Wicks, these guys are at a point in their career right now, they're living and, and breathing and eating and sleeping football. And it's not the guys who are, you know, 27, 28. They live and eat and sleep, breathe football to a degree, too, because you have to in order to play in the NFL. You can't just casually play football. But this team is so young. You know, a lot of these guys, they don't have wives and kids. Like, why not? Well, what else do I have to do, especially in Green Bay? What are we, what are we go clubbing? I suppose you could go to, I don't know, the Arby's down the way, down Oneida or whatever street that is. But I like how these guys, even on their off days and in their free time, they're just so excited to be around football and to be around each other and focus on getting better. And that's just a product of where they are in life. You know, you have an older team, players who have won something, earned their money. You know, they got kids. They got a family to go home to. This team, especially a lot of these pieces on offense, they're the building more often than they even need to be. And that's been a fun cool part it's like forget my forget work-life balance I don't want any of my favorite athletes on my favorite teams to have a to have any of that I'm, I'm I don't get offended by much spoon but that almost that almost offends me um I could say the worst yeah I'm sure you could no seriously in all seriousness no we what we did was with the extra day um there was I'm hesitant to even say this because I never like to get ahead but um a lot of times when you get back after a Monday night game, you get back very early in the morning and it makes the plan for the next week just, you got a lot less time. And so typically what a lot of teams will do is later in the week, they'll start focusing on the next opponent um, towards the tail end of the week when all the plans put, you know, already put in. Um, but what this allowed us to do is take the beginning of the week to, or just the the first day, I would say, to focus on what we have in front of our, you know, the next opponent. So it's not such a grind when we get back at whatever four in the morning or whatever it is on Tuesday. But bold um, to admit, you know, because I don't like to switch back and forth between opponents. Just want to be focused on who you got right in front of you and knowing that we got a great challenge in front of us on Monday night at their place. 
I see this young team where guys are Mike. several positions are competing to keep on the field. I see this team that responds on Thanksgiving and Sunday night with these games with big energy. So now you get into this, you know, the next phase. Is this because you, you know you're, you've gone up in the standings? Are there different things that are keeping these guys motivated and juiced for this next couple of games ahead of them? Yeah, I think every opportunity. I think you, especially with a young team, um, sometimes you don't know what you don't know, and uh, but you also got to understand. And the one thing that. Um, you just you got to bring your best each and every week, and I don't care who you're playing. Um, no, it, it's got to be your best. And never heard a coach that's say that been before. The emphasis, I'd say, all season long. It's just I think we're starting to improve as a football team, but like we've said so many times, you're only as good as your last game, and you got another challenge right in front of you. Again, a, a primetime game on the road um, against a team that beat us last year, and so I think that's that's plenty of motivation. With a young team, it's not hard to get a young team up to play a football game. I am, and Mike has echoed this, so I feel a little bit more confident about believing it myself, but you know, I'm a little bit more confident that the Packers can avoid a letdown this week because it's on Monday Night Football. I think this works out great for them. They played the Lions' divisional rival on Thanksgiving, nationally televised, huge spot. They got up for that. I think they got up big time for an opportunity to play the defending Super Bowl champs at home on Sunday Night Football. Now, the Giants are not the Chiefs, the Giants are not the Lions. But A, the Packers haven't proven anything. Who are they at this point where they can decide which opponents they get up for? And B, it's a Monday Night Football. So it's a standalone game again. So even though it's Tommy DeVito and not Patrick Mahomes, I would like to think that this team could still get amped out of their minds because it's Monday Night Football. And of course, as Matt LaFleur said, and as every coach would say, you gotta be, you got to bring your best every week. Otherwise, you're going to get beat. Yeah, it's hard to win in this league. We get it. All right, if you miss Mike, he'll be on my show tonight. If you don't listen uh, or don't have a market for my show, an affiliate for my show, you can listen on the Zone Madison app. He'll join me tonight at 5.30. Frank Madden to talk bucks later tonight as well. Thanks for putting up uh, with me as I fill in for Bill. Time for us to go. Have a good one. See you. <laughs>